Two small town girls living in a big city, chasing even bigger dreams. Meet your hosts, Kylie Benami and Sophie Longford. These two high fashion models have discovered that life outside of their hometowns isn't so simple. Talking all things fashion, wellness, fitness, and all of the messy things in between. Welcome to the not so simple life. I love it. Hello and happy New Year's to all of you. We are kicking off 2021 with such an inspirational guest, Sophie Jaffe. She is the co-founder and CEO of Philosophy, a brand of wellness products that work to balance you in all aspects of your life. Sophie is a health and wellness expert and is also a raw food chef and yoga teacher. She is coming on to help us all achieve balance and radiance going into the new year. From diet to spirituality, addiction and manifestation, we're going to be discussing it all. So let's get into it. Guys, it is 2021 and we are going to set some great goals for the new year and we're going to make this year a better one than last year. Yep, it's 2021. It just has to be double as great because last year was literally double as horrible. But we made it, guys. It's 2021. We're here. Let's go into this new year with a positive mindset. I'm trying to not be bitter about 2020 and trying to just be optimistic that it's gone, it's behind us, and we're moving forward into 2021. Let's look at it as a year of learning things. Life changed so much, but I can see some positives coming out of it. We got to slow down. I got to learn new things. We got to start our podcast. So that's good things that came out of it. But obviously, there was a lot of crap. Yeah, this is the time of year where everyone sets goals for themselves and everyone tries to get back on whatever game they're trying to get on, whether it's your work game, your workout game, your diet game, whatever it is, everyone's trying to do better and be better at this time of year. And let's just all remember to be patient with ourselves, set goals that feel realistic, and also set some goals that push you. But just remember, if you don't reach these goals this year, and if you didn't reach all your goals last year, like that's okay. As long as you have something that you're constantly reaching for and you're constantly trying to achieve, then that's all that matters. I mean, I've set some pretty realistic goals this year just because I have no idea what this year is going to bring, like last year. I didn't think that last year I would be spending the whole year hiding away in isolation from a deadly virus. So let's just hope that 2021 has some sense of normality and so we can set some goals that are actually achievable this year. Well, let's remember, if you guys haven't listened to our episode with famous astrologer Susan Miller, she says that there's good things in store for 2021. But for me, I had a really unfortunate circumstance at the end of 2020, and it helped me realize what's important and what things are so not worth stressing. The day before this horrible incident, I was stressing Christmas gifts. I was all stressed, like, what am I going to get my parents? Do I have time? Like, how am I going to get things to my friends? This and that. I was stressing over something so unimportant. And then the next day, something really dark happened. And it kind of just makes you realize, like, what's important and what we should put our energy into. Like, the simple things like health and family and friends are the things that matter most. And if you have that, then you can quite literally try to achieve anything you want. And on that note, I've 
told myself that I want to see my family more this year for sure because I didn't see them nearly enough in 2020 and another thing I want to do is I want to become better at yoga and hopefully be able to do the splits by summer that's one of my goals I want to get really fit and healthy because it is the holidays and let's be honest I've eaten my body weight and food gained like 10 pounds and that is okay because that is what Christmas is all about and the new year is when I can get back into my routine feel great but you know what we all got to indulge in Christmas time because otherwise it just wouldn't be Christmas well, let's talk about a goal that you and I both have in common. We are ready to blow this podcast up in 2021. We're so thankful for all of our OGs, the people listening now who have been here from the beginning, and we're so thankful to have you guys on this journey with us and just know we are putting in the work this year. We are so excited about what we've achieved so far, and just watch us have a major glow up this year. 2021 is going to be the year of the Not So Simple Life podcast. And let's start this year off on a good foot. Let's get Sophie on here. She's going to be coming on here with all sorts of inspirational things to talk about. So I think we should get into it and get this episode going. Hello, Sophie. Thank you for being here with us. How are you doing? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Do you want to start this off just by introducing yourself and giving us a lot of insight into how you found your passion for health and wellness? Yes, happily. Um, my name is Sophie Jaffe. I live in Los Angeles. I have three kids. They're two, eight, and 10. And um, I have a podcast called Ignited where my husband and I interview all different types of people relating to wellness. And we talk a lot about sex and radical transparency, you know, anything under the umbrella of wellness, but come from this really cool perspective where he is a scientist, got his PhD in psychology, and I'm more of like the spiritual one. So we we kind of debate on air and it's just the most fun, refreshing thing. So that's something that's been really fun and present for me the last couple of years. Um, I also have a superfood company called Philosophy, which I've been actually creating products for people for 10 years under that brand. And it started out very different where I was making food, superfood, you know, different types of meals for my clients and driving it all over Los Angeles. And now it's all a product line. So a resource and, and a way that every single day people can benefit from the beauty and power of superfoods and adaptogens. So yeah, that's basically in a nutshell me. I'm also a yoga instructor and a trained personal trainer and just love at all things intuition, whether it be relating to the moon or relating to movement or parenting or eating, intuition is really something that keeps coming up for me the more that I learn about myself. I love that you do so much, but I want to start off by getting into your raw food diets and your brand philosophy. Can you tell us, you know, the basis of a raw food diet and what kind of benefits come with eating this way? Yeah. So, well, I first want to just preface by saying I'm not, I'm not 100% raw, but in my 20s, I dabbled in and out for several years of, of being totally raw, of having like 90% raw food throughout the day. And I think really the essence of what I've now moved into in my 30s is that balance and finding the balance between like, okay, what do I need right now in this moment to feel nourished? Sometimes that's a cooked meal. Sometimes that's chocolate or a dessert. And other times it's a raw smoothie or a raw salad or a raw entree that gives me that energy. The beauty of raw foods is that it is so nutrient dense and 
oftentimes when we cook food, a lot of the vitamins and nutrients get cooked away. And so especially a vitamin like vitamin C, you cook it, you bake it, you ruin the integrity of that vitamin. So not always, some vitamins can handle a higher heat point, but for the most part, having fruits and vegetables and certain nuts and seeds in their most raw form and not being cooked past 112 degrees or so, for the most part, that means that you're gonna get all those nutrients from it and the enzymes, like we feed my daughter raw milk, for example, and it's cow's milk, but it's raw, so it's not pasteurized, it's organic, it's got all of its enzymes in it, so it's really easy for her little body to digest. We also get from that farm, we also get raw dairy. So the cheese that we get from them is also raw. So whereas 10 years ago, if I had cheese, it was a really big problem digestively. When I have raw cheese, even though it's from a cow, I digest it really easily. So it's just the way it's processed that bothered you in the past. Yeah. And would you say you just, you eat intuitively? Yes, 100%. So years and years of fad diets, years and years of forcing myself to be vegan or forcing myself to be raw or forcing myself to be 100% of whatever and put myself in a box, it didn't serve me. It made me spiral out. It would make me live in those extremes of like good and bad and labeling foods and then feeling guilty and that shame and guilt like weighing down on me so heavily. So now I just live intuitively in all things. That means that some days I don't use move my body because I'm needing to be nourished and sit still and be horizontal. And other times that means, you know, having dessert or pizza, but it's an intuitive thing. It's not about taking away the rules so that I can just be sloppy. It's actually even deeper than that, where I don't need to put myself in a box. And the the deep work has been done on myself, where I've made so many mistakes in all the different directions, living in extremes, that now it's like tuning into what my my body, my unique one body actually needs and, and craves. So I think that that's a more complex thing. And it's, it's hard to eat intuitively. I'm not going to lie and say like, it's a quick band-aid like other diets can be. But once you get to the path of living intuitively and, and eating intuitively, it's so freeing. And that freedom is everything. Yeah, I think what a lot of people need to understand is that your body does try to tell you things and you just got to work out how you can listen to your body because all the signs are there. You just got to work out what those signs are. 100%. I know that a big part of philosophy is superfoods. And so I wanted to hear why it's so important to have superfoods into our diets and what the detoxification process looks like when you put them into your diets. Yeah, so our bodies want to detox naturally when they're not filled with gunk and junk and fillers and unnatural things in the body like fake sugars, you know, replacements for things when it's just filled with natural, organic, beautiful nutrients, our bodies naturally detox. So you don't actually need to force it into anything. And part of that comes in is yes, raw foods in their most natural form, but also superfoods and superfoods are essentially just any food that has more nutrients than the average food in its category. We have something like the camu camu berry, which is 1200% vitamin C per serving. And that's amazing. But like, we don't necessarily have access to camu camu on a daily basis. It's not out in your garden, right? But quinoa is a great example of a superfood that, you know, you think of it as just a grain, no big deal, but it has protein in it. Most rice doesn't really have a lot of protein in it, but this is a grain 
that now has double the protein, sometimes triple of a white rice or a brown rice. And that makes it inherently a superfood because the other foods in its category don't have that nutritional profile. And so you get more bang for your buck. You have camu camu in your smoothie versus raspberries. You're getting way more nutrients, vitamin C, antioxidants than you would a normal berry like a strawberry. Now, those fruits are great to have regardless on a daily basis, but getting superfoods into our diet allow us to naturally detox, find natural energy, but from a, a lot less of what you would need from, let's say, to get the same vitamin C of oranges, you would need to have a dozen oranges versus just a tablespoon of this powder from the camu camu berry. So is it the same when you're eating a superfood? Because you get all these powdered ones. You get like powdered red berries or powdered green apple or powdered whatever superfood it is. Are you going to get the same nutrients from that powder as opposed to eating it raw? It depends on the source. You want to make sure that that powder is dehydrated and sun dried. So no heat is applied as we were talking about earlier with maintaining the nutrients of that fruit or vegetable. You want to make sure that you're looking at how it was created, how it was brought to being a powder in the first place, right? Like our philosophy superfoods are all dehydrated and picked at their most ripe. They're also, you know, brought into a powder in a way that doesn't apply too much heat at all. So it never goes above that 110 degrees so that you keep the integrity of all the vitamins and nutrients. Right. Well, I love everything you do. I know another thing that you guys have at Philosophy is a line of cleanses. And I know when it comes to cleanses, you can go wrong in so many different ways. And there's so many ridiculous cleanses on the market. And so many of them do people wrong, I think. So I want to know what you think goes into a good cleanse and what makes it successful and sustainable. So I have been leading people through cleanse programs for 15 years now. I worked at a juice bar in Hollywood with the biggest celebrities you could think of, all these amazing human beings, and then just the people that lived in the neighborhood. So they would come in, I would cleanse them. But the thing that I learned while I was there is there's a difference between like forcing your body to detox through really extreme herbs and chemicals and laxatives and forcing your body into a cleanse versus cleansing through foods and cleansing with foods. So the difference here is that when you start to give your body all of these beautiful foods, especially when they're in a liquid form, so smoothies and soups are one of the best things you can do to let your body naturally detox. If you think about it, all day long, we're breaking down food. Even if we're eating the cleanest food ever, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks, we're forcing our body to work. So when you cleanse, one of the things you want to really focus on, you can do a cleanse at home any day you want to without spending any extra money. Instead of having you know, a stir fry, take those vegetables from the stir fry and make them into a soup and just blend them up in your blender and then have that. And then you're giving your body hours of a digestive break. That's one way to cleanse. And that's the way that I think is the most gentle is not forcing your body into taking certain things, herbs, laxatives, but instead moving towards letting your body naturally heal through the foods. So do you believe in doing water fasts? So I personally think that if you are in a place where health-wise you need to do something as extreme as a water fast, by all means, if you're working with a medical professional, someone who is a good balance of Eastern and Western, not too extreme in either direction, and they help you to decide that that's the best thing for you, yes, most people that are doing these extreme fasts 
I don't think actually need to do it that extremely, but they're looking for a quick fix. They buy into that. And I think that that speaks a lot to our culture of dieting and that wanting that Band-Aid. So that's one of the things that I definitely don't suggest. I suggest always cleansing through food. And the cool thing is that you could do a 21 day raw food cleanse and get the same result that you would get doing a seven day water fast, but it's way less extreme on the body and it teaches the body to use food to cleanse, which is beautiful. That's where you wanna be is just being able to every day incorporate certain foods to remind your body how to cleanse and heal itself and heal through these foods, through the antioxidants, through these raw, beautiful, organic vegetables and fruit versus depriving it. And then your body doesn't know what to do with food when it is introduced again. Totally. And I want to ask you how spirituality has changed your life and helped keep you balanced. I mean, I think spirituality comes into everything that I do. It's the way I parent. It's the way I show up in relationships. It's the way I show up to myself every day. It's, It's what got me through the hardest parts of my life. My best friend died when I was 21. It, it shaped my life and it really forced me to dig deep and go and see those dark places within myself. And I think part of spirituality that isn't always talked about is really embracing those shadows and those challenges and the shadowy parts to all of us. We all have those shadowy parts. And that darkness is so important to look at and hold and fully embrace and feel. And then we can also then appreciate the light and the beauty and the love. Spirituality is in all things. And it's, you know, it's not about sitting and meditating for three hours a day. It's about the integrity of how we show up to ourselves. And I've been saying this to my kids the last few weeks, and I'll just start it and say the way you do one thing. And then they answer is the way you do everything. And they're kind of like annoyed by it, but it's how we do one thing is the way we do everything. How we show up spiritually to a conflict is us. That's where we're at. And if we're needing some mirror to show us something, it's everything in life is an opportunity to see the gifts and to learn something from an experience. I think that things happen for us, not to us. Well, for someone who wants to start dipping their toes in spirituality, where's like a good, easy place to start? For spirituality, because it's such a personal thing, I think it's grabbing onto the first thing that you feel those little ticks from. So if you kind of have a moment and you love to do moving meditation in the morning and you notice that you love to put your phone away and go on a morning walk with your dog or to be in nature and you notice that that connection brings you closer to whatever it might be, your own spirituality, source, whatever you want to call it, do more of that. So I think asking yourself, getting quiet and asking yourself, maybe you're journaling and you just say like, where do I feel the most connected to my best self? That could be in dance. It could be creating art. It could be painting. It could be being in nature. When I'm by the beach, I just feel so alive and I my breath starts to calm down and my nervous system calms down, like tuning into those things that we already know the answer is already within us, but it's up to us to tap into it and give ourselves more of that. Mm -hmm. 
I wanted to just make a comment based off of what you said. You said, whatever that is for you. So maybe it's God, maybe it's the universe, maybe it's mother nature, whatever it is. I think that's something that some people don't really understand about spirituality. It's not the same for everybody. Do you agree? It's whatever higher power you feel like drives you in life. Yes. It's about connecting to something that inspires you. And like the word inspire, if you look at it, it's like, in spirit, inspire, in, inside. So what is it that connects to spirit for you? It can be anything. It can be your child. Like my husband is mostly atheist. Like he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe that he never grew up thinking that way. He's Jewish, but he's Israeli. So for him, he's just like grew up around that Jewish culture, but it's less about God. And so for him, when he was in his deepest, darkest struggles, his higher power was his children and his dad. And that's what he needed to keep him coming back to his why. And that's all we need is just what is that deeper spiritual connection and the thing that makes you feel so alive? Yeah, it can be God for some people. It can be the universe. It can be the higher power of just energy. And it can also just be your children or just living for yourself and being the best version of you. I used to say nature is my religion. And, you know, I also feel like I teach my class on Sundays and I'm like, oh, it's kind of like church, you know, and it is in some ways because you, you get to tap back into the best version of you. Yeah. Something that I know is super important is keeping good energy. And I know that even, well, for me at least, even if I'm speaking to someone who is just negative or gives off bad energy, will literally bring me right down. Like Even if I'm in the best mood ever, if I'm speaking to someone who is negative, I'm going to feel all of that. And I'm going to be like, well, my day's ruined. <laughs> so what are some things that we can do to remove ourselves from the people or the things, whatever it is that can bring us down? So it always comes back to awareness. You don't want to blindly be moving through your life in anything. You don't want to blindly be moving through relationships and just, oh, well, she's been in my life since I was eight. So I'm just going to keep her in my life. That's not good enough. It's not a good enough reason. Like you don't want to live in a passive way where you're just like, oh, well, it becomes kind of sloppy, right? Like if you just have a bunch of people in your life and you just wake up one day and you're like, wow, these people don't actually reflect anything of where I'm going, then you're very passive in your life. And instead, why don't we take control, take an evaluation and become aware and say, okay, this person lights me up in these ways. What are the relationships that drain me? When I leave those conversations, I feel a little heavy or I feel a little, you know, disconnected from my best self. Or, you know, when I'm around that person, a lower vibration of me comes out. Tap into all of that and connect to that. And then it's not a matter of like kicking them out of your life in a sudden way. Sometimes that has to happen. Most of the time, I think it's a, it's a constant choosing and saying, who do I want to spend time with? Who lights me up? And then spending more time with those people. And after a while, the people that don't fit into that mold, they start to kind of go away slowly and you wake up one day and you haven't seen them in six months. And it's not a coincidence because they weren't lighting you up and fulfilling you and giving you that high vibrational feeling. And maybe they're not supporting you and becoming this next best version of who you're going to be. Maybe they put you down. Maybe they talk badly about themselves a lot. I mean, that's heavy energy to be around someone who's constantly like, oh, I'm an idiot. Oh, I'm fat. You don't want to be around that because the people that we surround ourselves with, we become the way they speak, the way they talk to themselves. Even if it's done in like a jokey, passive aggressive way, there's a truth in that. And if they're staying with their energy and with their words, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm not good enough, I'm stupid, why are you friends with me? Like you start to feel that. And especially when they think that way about themselves. So finding that integrity of 
valuing yourself and your energy so highly. It's the best form of self-care. Well, I want to get your thoughts because I feel like I'm a very empathetic person. I definitely am always thinking about everyone's emotions around me, myself as well. I'm, I'm very much aware about like what the energy around me is doing to me, but sometimes I find it difficult to remove the bad energy from my life so easily. And it's been like this constant struggle with myself. Should I just cut them off cold turkey? or should I do it in a more slow, subtle way so I don't invite maybe more bad energy in? You know, if you just cut someone off cold turkey, I think in my head, like, well, maybe they'll come back and be upset at me. What do you think? Do you think it is better to just like phase out of bad energy or to just like cut it off cold turkey? I think it depends on the situation. I think if it's something that for a long time has been weighing on you and you for your own boundaries and your own self-care need to just create that strong boundary because they keep not getting the subtleties, then yeah, I think at that point it has to be a cold turkey situation. But for the most part, the ideal, of course, in a perfect world, if you're perfectly aligned and being in your most spiritual highest self, of course, the slow and steady phasing them out is great. Personally, I like when I realize a truth, when I realize that either I'm being taken advantage of or I see someone's true colors, it's really hard for me to slowly phase them out. For me, I'm just like, I see you, you're dead to me. And I, I wish that it weren't that. But to me, it's like, I can't pretend. And for better or worse, like the people in my life know that I love them so fully. But if you know, if your true color has come out and you're like talking about that person and like you were just telling them that you love them and I see that, or if you lash out at someone I love or myself or take advantage over and over again at a certain point, I just can't anymore. And so I think it's actually more respectful to just tell the truth, even if it's not pretty. It does it better and more justice to the relationship to just be honest. And sometimes it's not pretty to be honest. And you know, we're all on a journey. We're all here to learn and grow. So it, it's a disservice to the friend if you're just dragging them along because you feel bad about what could happen if you tell the truth. I resonate with that so much. Totally. I wish I was more like you, though, because even if someone's like bringing me down so much, if I cut them off literally for years, it plays on my conscious like every night. They're in my dreams the whole time. And I'm just like, I have such guilt over it, even though I shouldn't, because I just find it so hard to like do that. I find it really hard, yeah, energetically to cut ties. And one thing that I've been doing lately is doing cord cutting. So it's like energetic cord cutting. So if you think about it, like the people in your life you have an energetic cord with, and you hold all this energy from you to them, memories you know, experiences, love, hate, whatever the emotions are, and it's all connected energetically. So to go in and create your own little ceremony within yourself, it's something you can do on your own or with a group of friends where you just energetically cut your cord to them. I've done this with my mother. I've done this with my stepmother, my father, my sister, my, some of my very closest friends that like we had to cut ties. And I swear to you, every time after doing this, they have no idea I'm doing this. And after I cut that energetic tie, something shifts. And usually it's very profound and like a real shift. We function best being light and airy and yes, yeah, still grounded, still balanced, still graceful. But 
holding on to all this stuff all the time and it burdening us is not in our greatest good. Yeah. Well, this brings me into manifestation because I know it's a large part of spirituality and we're both slowly trying to practice this more. But can you break down what manifestation is? Yeah. I think simply put, manifestation is whatever process we as individuals connect to to create our dreams into reality. And this can be something small or something large. It can be manifesting, quote unquote, creating um, a parking spot when you're in a parking lot. It can be any sort of idea or vision that we have in our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and it then is created based on the energy that we put into it. A lot of it has to do with positivity and belief. And I truly don't think that your most powerful manifestation can happen unless you are aligned with your inner power and you believe yourself to be powerful and you believe yourself to be capable and worthy of having the life of your dreams. And so that's kind of the first work that I have people do if they want to manifest different things in their life is really ask themselves without judgment, do I believe myself to be capable of this, worthy of this thing, this dream? And if the answer is no, then that's where the work has to be done before you manifest anything in your life, because you need to be like a clear vessel and to really believe that you are worthy of that thing, whether it's losing weight, whether it's having a baby, whether it's the house of your dreams, a car or a parking spot. If you're all confused and discombobulated, that's the energy the universe is going to pick up on. If you're like, I want to date my perfect man, I want to call in my husband, but then you're dating and hooking up with people that are on low vibration, the universe is then very confused and doesn't really trust that you know what it is you're calling in. So it's about being really aligned with your goals and your dreams and then coming from that place every single day, a living, breathing example of this intention of what you're calling in. So can you give us some concrete examples just to kind of help maybe someone come on board who's listening to this? Can you give us some concrete examples of how you manifested some things in your life and what you did to get them? Yeah. I mean, that gives me goosebumps every time because I've been doing this since I was a kid, but I wasn't really aware of what I was doing as a child. I suggest, first of all, if you're listening, buying the book, The Four Agreements. I love that book. Read it. Yeah. So that was my Bible when I was 15, 16. It was the first book that, you know, when you know you have magical powers, but you don't really understand, like, it's like, you can't really talk to anyone about it. You know that you're powerful, but you don't really know what that means. Intuitive. Um, Yes, intuitive, witchy, whatever you think of yourself as. When you're young, you don't have the verbiage, you don't have the vocabulary. So reading The Four Agreements was my first entry point. A lot of people read The Secret. For me, what resonated was The Four Agreements. It's very simple. And it's just teaching you that your life is a dream and you can make your dreams your reality. So some tangible tips for someone who wants to manifest would first of all, like I said, be really clear that you are whatever the work is to become so clear as a vessel that you are worthy. So a lot of this comes back to self love and tuning in with yourself and then going from there. So here's an example. 
we manifested this house. It was our first home that we bought. My husband's 44 years old. I'm 36. We have three kids, a dog. We both work from home. We felt very challenged by the idea of buying a home in Los Angeles. Even though we both work really hard, it's challenging. The amount of cash you need to put down on a home, like there were certain obstacles that felt like real obstacles, right? Like, and they started to get in my way and I started to cloud my ability to think I was worthy of buying a home in Los Angeles. And I came up with all these reasons. My parents aren't supporting me. They could afford it, but they're not giving me any cash. They're not helping. Poor me being a victim. Now that vibration is only going to call in more of that vibration, right? So we went to the East Coast to a small town in North Carolina where we found an amazing school. And I was like, we're moving to North Carolina. We can't afford to live in Los Angeles. Forget it. And I really gave up. We looked at 20 houses in North Carolina. And as I walked through the first home, I knew that it was not the right fit. But I kept going through the motions and I kept saying to the universe, like, no, we're going to try this. And by the end, I was crying and I was just like, we have to figure out how to make this work. We are worthy of this. We need to get creative. And we did. So that was the first step is like almost like letting go of the idea of whatever it is. I don't need that, whatever, not like putting so much energy and weight into it energetically and moving on to something new and challenging yourself to walk through that. And then coming back to that vision in a new way, seeing it from a fresh perspective. So we came back to Los Angeles and we went through a couple scenarios of the wrong choices but we started to stretch ourselves energetically. So the amount of money that we paid for our last home, we needed to now stretch ourselves to think bigger of what can we afford. And so we started trying these other things. Long story short, the details don't matter, but what I did energetically was stretch what felt safe and comfortable for myself and my husband, Adi. And we had to really go there and it was gut-wrenching and it was scary. And you know, we flew across the country to look at homes in another state because we're like, we're not worthy. And then it was like, yes, we are. And the house that we finally landed on after years of wrong choices, quote unquote wrong, I say in quotes because the wrong choices are what lead you to the present moment. And without going through all those mistakes and keeping our vision on what it was that we wanted, that's what allowed us to be where we are today. So there are no wrongs in this. They're all gifts. And then we walked into this home and we knew it was ours. We knew it was the right pick and we made it work and we figured it out. But it took years. That's like a bigger manifestation thing where you have to hold the vision so true. You can create vision boards. I had Pinterest boards of my future home. So many of what's on that Pinterest board, part of that was planting the seeds of what I saw was possible in my most vibrant, worthy self. So you can do this with anything, with weight loss. You can do this with, what do you see? Maybe it's a picture of yourself when you were 15 and how alive you looked and how happy. Maybe it's pulling yourself out of a deep depression, remembering the feeling and the vibration that you brought to your life when you were your happiest version and starting to create more of that and removing the blockages. Removing the blockages is a big thing. So removing the blockages to what's stopping you, right? We like removed it and went somewhere else to try a new vision or removing the blockages in terms of like your limiting beliefs about yourself. Oh, well, I didn't graduate college. So therefore I can't X, Y, and Z and get a job that I love because I'm not worthy. Well, no, that's not true. Anything is possible. You don't have to go to college to have the life of your dreams. So 
really removing any obstacles that stop you from stepping into the best version of who you are. Wow. I love it. And it works for everything. Like I, I manifested our daughter and I really truly manifested her. Like we had two boys and everyone said, Oh, you're going to have a third boy. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I believed so fully. I got pink nail polish the whole like time I was calling her in. I bought little dresses for her. I mean, like who does that? Who buys dresses for someone who doesn't exist yet? I wasn't even pregnant yet. I do because that is a fully stepping into I am worthy of this baby. She's coming into my life when my own friends would be like, but what if it's a boy? I'm like, I'm not listening to that right now. We'll deal with that when it comes. It's going to be a girl. So it's again, removing any blockages. If you have friends that are naysayers in your future plans, they're not out to get you. They're not trying to be low vibe. They're just like, but what if it's a boy? And I'm like, it won't be a boy. And that inner knowing of like, she's coming through and holding my hands on my womb and dreaming of her and believing that it was possible. And also doing my research. We read books, we read the science behind it, you know? And so like really, whatever it takes, it's not just like magical and mystical magic wand shit. It's really digging in and doing the work to create what it is you want. You know what? It's so true though. Like if I think about it, everything I manifested when I was younger has come true. Everything I wanted as a child, I was like, I want to be a model. I want to live on the beach. I want to live this crazy lifestyle. It's all come true. I really believe in that actually. You've been very transparent online about your husband's struggle with addiction and alcohol. And despite that, you still believe that drinking in moderation is much better than just going completely sober cold turkey. And how did you come to this kind of realization? Yeah, so together, my husband and I, you know, I wasn't there when he was addicted to drugs. Um, I didn't know him yet. He was in his early 20s and living in Los Angeles. He was a really big drug dealer. He was very successful because he's super smart great with math, good people person. And he rose kind of to the top of his game and became addicted to drugs and got caught by a SWAT team. Los Angeles SWAT team came into his apartment and took him to jail. And he went to jail for almost a year. His privilege is the only reason his white upper class privilege is the only reason that he's probably only served a year, you know, so I'm grateful for that. And also very aware that like his privilege is what allowed him to get out sooner because he had a lot of felony counts against him. Like it's crazy hearing these details. But I want to just say like, it's kind of the same thing with me with food, his beliefs and our beliefs when it comes to addiction. It's not about the food. It's not about the drugs. It's not about the alcohol. It's about the deeper deep seated issue within you and dealing with that thing. Like when I would binge eat and starve myself and then punish myself, it wasn't about the food. It was about pushing away feelings that felt too much. When my husband was addicted to drugs, it wasn't that he needed to do the drugs and loved the drugs so much. It was about escaping the pains of what he was going through, a hard breakup, this and that, not wanting to feel feelings and to escape. So all of that is the important part is that there are issues that we have from childhood, from traumas, from different life experiences, from the way that we see ourselves. That is the stuff you want to deal with. It's not about the thing. So I think that that's really what the heart is of my what my husband does for a living for Ignited. We have a podcast under Ignited, but he has a whole program. And it's, it's kind of like the anti-AA, because if you think about AA modalities, it's not that there's something inherently bad with that way of thinking about alcohol and drugs, but AA focuses on the substance. 
take alcohol away forever. You are incapable of being strong enough to not drink. So you can't even have a little bit. I mean, first of all, you're treating people like idiots. We are bigger than that. We are better than that. And we can rise to not let that thing be more powerful. Like when I was in the height of my like eating disorder in my early 20s, I couldn't have ice cream in my freezer because that would mean one night when I'm by myself, I can't be trusted. I'm going to eat it all. And like that, I don't want any substance to have that control over me. So now after years and years of work on both of our parts to be the best versions of who we are and do therapy and see healers and really dig into the dirty stuff, we have bar carts full of alcohol. We recreationally do drugs together. I can have whatever desserts in the home, Halloween candy, ice cream, Oreo cookies, all the things that are like childhood treats that give me comfort. I don't attach that same thing to it energetically anymore because it's not about the food. Normally when I'm going to that sort of comfort, it's that I wanna be held. I wanna talk about a challenging issue I'm going through. I'm wanting to avoid doing some sort of work that feels hard or annoying or I'm tired. So tapping into, again, your intuition, like, am I eating this ice cream right now because I want comfort and love? Or am I eating this this right now to avoid something else? It's okay to eat the ice cream anyway, but just tapping into, I'm grabbing this drink because I'm wanting to just release a little bit of tension. And then the intention is placed. And then it's not as you're more connected to your body and you'll probably drink less. And then the next day you might be like, I'm not going to drink today because I'm aware that yesterday I drank and I don't want to make this a pattern. So it's about knowing the inner workings of our hearts, our brains, our reactions, our emotions, our feelings, our traumas, and doing the work on those things. And then it doesn't matter. Like in reference to your question, my husband works with really high end clients and they'll be like, So when can I drink again? And he'll be like, the minute you stop asking when you can drink again, right? Like that's when your heel is not when you're thinking, is that ice cream in the freezer? What time is it? Is anybody awake? Your brain, like that's the craziness of our own stuff. It's not about the ice cream. It's not about the alcohol. The minute that you're not thinking constantly about the substance is the minute that you are more healed. When you feel it and you don't feel like you need to ask. You know, and then you take that, control into your own hand, which is not something that the AA modality gives. It doesn't provide that. It takes away your power. It says, I am powerless in the thing they they say every single day, I am powerless to this thing. You are not powerless. We are so powerful. All of us are so powerful and are so worthy of the life of our dreams, but we need to get out of our own way and we need to do the work and then like, let it go. Like not carrying on to old relationships for five years, not holding on to the trauma of that sexual experience from 10 years ago. Like it happened, do the work and then move on. Don't carry that garbage into the next phase of who you're going to be, you know? Totally. Well, I wanted to ask about your recreational drug use because I know that you and your husband believe that recreational drugs can be ceremonial or healing. And I want to hear what you guys think about that. Yeah. So about eight years ago, because I had been through a lot of sexual trauma with my ex-boyfriend, I had this intuitive knowing that MDMA would be really healing for us. I had tried it before in high school, but kind of like sloppily, not with intention. And I could feel the power of the drug. And I was like, wow, that is powerful. And coupling that with intention, I bet could be 
mind blowing. So back then, eight years ago, no one was talking about this publicly. No one was, you know, it was still a street drug. It was something that like, I would say was pretty taboo. Ravers did it, right? Ravers did it. And it was done sloppily. It was done to like escape your life. But what we have found, and we actually worked with a therapist to get to a place where we both felt comfortable because a dean with his past drug use didn't feel fully comfortable and was a little nervous. He's like, I'm a dad. I don't want to mess anything up. I don't. So we worked with a therapist for like six months to a year to try and get to a place where there were boundaries and he felt safe and like he never held the drugs. It was just me, you know, all the things to make him feel safe and held because we all come into things with our stuff. So now a couple times a year, we ceremoniously have an intention of with some friends or just one-on-one, we have candles, we have an amazing night. We usually do like a staycation at a hotel or rent a home. And we all just, we have like a big fun day together and then we'll do it as a ceremony and we set intentions. So we say like, this is the thing I'm working on tonight or here's my intention for the evening. And then we share it with each other. And then we listen to one another and hear, depending on how many people are there, we usually do a circle, very much like a moon circle or any other kind of circle where you come together. It was the same idea. I mean, even last year, we had a New Year's Eve party. We flew in a DJ, a friend from Israel, and we had like 40 people here. And everyone, I was like, if anyone wants to come, I'm going to go set intentions in the living room. The entire party came into the living room and we all set intentions and then everyone took MDMA at the same time. It was amazing. And we're all like dressed up and just danced all night long. And sometimes there's nights where it's not just pure bliss. Sometimes you go through hard stuff and you're like, wow, I really want to uncover this. And the thing about MDMA is it really takes away your inhibitions. And so a lot of times when my husband and I were, were healing from some things that we had been through sexually, we would sit face to face on MDMA and I could see him as him instead of the man who had hurt me, the man who had all these past things. I just saw his purity. And I think there's a beauty in that being able to just see someone as their spirit and uh, as their best self, because the ability for us to see each other and heal, it was like 20 therapy sessions in one evening. Conversations I've had with my best friends on MDMA is like beyond what we could tap into on a given day. And it's not to say we don't want to, it's just like life has its distractions and life has its fullness and responsibilities. And 45 minutes into taking MDMA, you do not have responsibilities. You do not have those heavy things that weigh us down. And so for me as a very wound up controlling in terms of like, I want to be on and be my best self for my children. So this medicine is the best thing for me personally, because it allows me to fully disconnect from that motherly role and allows me to connect my spirituality, my sensuality, my sexuality in a way that day to day, I don't let myself because I am very wound up and I want to make sure everything's perfect for my family and my businesses and my children. So it's, it's a release for me, unlike anything else. It's called the love drug for a reason. Yeah. And I think really uh, these drugs need to be taken seriously and need to be done in a ceremonial way because to get the maximum effects, you know, like some people mix different drugs and they're like, yeah, I had some drinks and champagne and then now I had some this and then some Molly. And it's like, I really like the wholeness and the purity of one substance and just being like, 
fully in that. And then the people that are around, it just doesn't really vibe well when you're on different energetic frequencies. And if you're in your heart on MDMA and you're open, you're vulnerable, you're ready to share and love. And then someone else is on something else, like drinking alcohol, like that's kind of a downer. And so those energies don't really work. So if there's anyone listening that has ever dabbled in this or is curious, I just ask that you set intentions, that you do it with integrity. You're in a safe place. You never get in the car and that you just even journal before you do it. If it's you and your partner or you and your best friend, my sister and I did it once together and it was magical. And we had candles and we set intentions and then we put on music and danced and you can have some big breakthroughs if you're open to that. But I ask that you don't mix it with things because it can become dangerous. And also don't be the only one doing it. Like do it with someone who's on board and make it, make it a joint thing with intention to increase the relationship and the love between you. Going into 2021, what are some realistic and balanced ways to set goals and start working towards achieving them? Yeah. So I think very often when we set goals, it can get a little intimidating. We set all these lofty goals and then three months into 2021, they don't happen. So instead this year of setting quote goals, why don't we try something different and create this kind of dream board? You could draw this out. You could cut out things in magazines. You could journal this, but instead, why don't we connect to this feeling of who we want to be and how we want to feel in 2021? So instead of I need to do these things, I need to lose five pounds. I want to eat raw every day. I want to go on runs for five miles. Like that's all great. But that is, again, that's kind of like almost the bandaid. How about how we want to feel? So I want to feel graceful and strong. What does that look like? And then writing that out in different parts of your life and really visualizing who you're going to be in this next year. What energy do you want to bring to your community? What energy do you want to bring to your relationship? What's something new and challenging that you can embrace? Maybe it's something that you want to face this year to help you be a better version of you. So amazing. We were just kind of saying the same thing between us is let's not set like such specific goals. Let's just say we want to be present. We want to be more thankful. We want to experience the most important things in life. Being able to appreciate and put focus on the most important things is a really nice goal and a really nice way to kind of set yourself up for a good year. I love that. We ask this question at the end of every episode, and we can't wait to get your answer. What are three products that you can't live without? I'd say for sleep, because I'm a big sleep person, I need to have earplugs because my husband snores. So my sleep is everything. If I don't have earplugs, I will not sleep next to him. Also green smoothies. And it can be as simple as just having a green smoothie, throwing some spinach, banana, almond butter, almond milk into a blender, extra credit if you add philosophy green dream to it. I've been using green dream for 10 years. And I swear between the spirulina, the maca, all the nutrients, that heavy dose of chlorophyll that's in the green dream, it's what has kept me like from reverse aging, you know, now I'm like, how old am I? I don't really know. Number three, I'd say the body oil that I've used for several years, my sister hand makes it. It's called Chrysalis Body Oil and it's sold on my website as long uh, along with hers. But I took me through all three pregnancies. I used it on my growing belly and I have no stretch marks. 
Again, don't know if that's genetic or has to do with the body oil, but it's called the Crystalis Body Oil. She also has a face oil I'm now using regularly. I didn't for a long time. I don't know why, but that body oil, I mean, my job is to test products and I get the newest and best in all things beauty and her body oil, there's nothing like it on the market. So I'll have to get you guys each a bottle. Yeah, I'd love to try. Amazing. Well, Sophie, thank you so much for being here with us today and just giving us this amazing energy that you have. You have such a powerful presence and it just radiates from you. So do all the listeners a favor and tell them where they can find you online. For example, your social media handles or if it's your website, whatever it is. Totally. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. I'm so excited to get to know your community. Please reach out. I'm very connected. So send me a DM or an email or anything, and I'm the one that responds. Probably the easiest way to connect with me is my Instagram, which is sophie.jaffe, sophie.jaffe. And then our philosophy website is the philosophy, spelled with my name, so philosophy.com and philosophy love on Instagram for our philosophy account with tons of recipes and superfoods and wellness. So definitely come say hi. And I can't wait to connect with all of you. I hope this resonated and more inspiration and intuition and love is over on my page. Amazing. We are so happy to ring in 2021 with this incredible conversation. And thank you again so much. Bye guys. All right, you know what time it is. Question and answer Q&A. We have two questions that were sent in this week and we are answering them right here, right now. The first question is, it's winter and my skin is dry. What can help? Well, welcome to my life. I'm with you. We're in the same boat. We're fighting the same fight. My skin is dry in the winter too. And the best, best thing I believe for dry skin is a humidifier. A humidifier right by your bed I just purchased this one called Canopy because it's supposed to help a lot with antibacterial properties because sometimes all that moisture can cause bacteria, but I haven't got it in yet. I'll keep you guys posted, but no matter what, put a humidifier on your nightstand and thank me later. And choose a good uncomedogenic oil. Did I say that right? Comedogenic, I think. Comodogenic. Comodogenic oil. For me, I like to use, oh shit. For me, I like to use marula oil. It's super nice and doesn't feel clogging at all. And I'll just use that. And then try not to over cleanse or use any drying treatments like a peel or anything because that's just going to dry you out even more. And I use a face mist and I use the infused mist by Osmosis. And that one's really nice. So mm. yeah, and that's my little tips. And the second question we have is what is your favorite type of protein powder um i don't i don't really use a protein powder you don't no how do you make a protein shake i eat a steak okay <laughs> i tried it like once or twice because my brother's a big gym junkies and i always like trying to bulk up so i'll try their protein powder occasionally and i love vanilla flavored ones but i never drink it because i always thought it would just make me gain weight it's so not true. It's so, so not true. Protein is so good for you. You know, you have to get one that's super clean. I use Way Cool by Designs for Health. Way, W-H-E-Y, cool. I love the chocolate flavor and I love to make like a chocolate coffee peanut butter shake or an almond butter shake 
so good. But I'll go through a phase where I have my protein shake every single day, same time of day for like months on end. But protein powders are one of those things where it's worth splurging because you want them to be super clean. Like Sophie said, she always thinks it can make you gain weight. If you get one with a bunch of sugar in it, of course you're going to gain weight. But if you get a super clean one that's just all the good stuff in it, like designs for health, then you are set up for success. All right, guys. So if you love this episode, if you're loving our podcast, please leave us a little review or a rating. And don't forget to click that download button and subscribe to our channel. It's 2021 and we're ready to get those ratings up and moving. So please, please, please head on over there and do that. You can also find us on our Instagram page at the Not So Simple Life Podcast. And until then, we will see you guys next Tuesday.